That's right. You are listening to Keeping It Positive, and this is your host, Travis. Welcome back for another episode of Keeping It Positive. I want to say a quick thank you to Alyssa Ragu, who was on last week's episode. That is the beautiful and talented voice you heard in the very beginning of the podcast. Uh, she was on last week. She was able to talk to us about what she has been up to since American Idol, what her plans are for the future, her new single that is coming out in June, and she just has so much she's working on. So go check her out, Alyssa Ragu, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, we got to keep rooting for her because she is doing amazing things outside of American Idol. And if you want to listen to her interview, go back and listen to it uh, on the podcast page, keepingapositivepodcast.com. Today, uh, I'm very excited. It has been a heck of a week. I'm going to just give you guys a quick update on what's been going on. So uh, this week, we are kind of tearing, demolishing the house, not all the way, but kind of doing a a revamp, if you want to call it, um, getting everything in order. My birthday is coming up. I am less than three weeks away, probably like two and a half. Um, and things have to be pretty much done. We have to have the house cleaned and all that good jazz, because now that we have, you know, the coronavirus going around, we have to do it outside. We have to have the party outside under a huge tent, uh, following CDC guidelines and all that jazz. So it's a lot more work, but it's so worth it. Family's starting to come in town, and I'm so excited. So that is what I've been up to this week. And then my dad has been having some health issues. I've been having some issues going on. So we've been kind of busy, uh, you know, taking some time to relax, taking some time to step back and, you know, um, t- take care of ourselves. Uh, so we've been doing that as well. And then I am here today because I'm so excited to chat with you guys for a little bit. I am going to be talking with someone who uh, knows all there is to know about meditation. Um, you know, I have been very interested in meditation and, you know, the the benefits of it, the, you know, the little things that nobody knows. So I found an expert. I'm going to call her an expert. Um, and she is here today. Her name is Yvette. I'm so excited to chat with her. So Yvette, are you there? Hello, Travis. I'm here. Hey, Yvette. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. I'm so glad to be able to chat with you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. All right. So let's jump right into it. Tell me a little bit. Well, tell the listeners and myself a little bit about you and why did you get into meditation? Sure. Um, So I suppose it started 15 years ago. I I'm obviously British, so uh, in Britain, in my former life, um, I was a flight attendant. I had a very busy, frantic life. It was wonderful, right? but it was all about kind of traveling and being out and about. And then I moved over to America, and uh, everything changed. I, I married an American soldier. I uh, He was a, we lived on a military base, so that was new. We just got married just found out I was pregnant. So there was so much external change that was sort of thrown at me right. um, in one go. And all my external kind of go-to coping strategies weren't there anymore. You know, mom or dad or family, friends, uh, my job. And so the only thing that was still familiar was me. Right. And so that's when I started to sort of travel inwards, if you will. Um, and I just read about yoga and meditation, and I thought it sounded just what I needed. 
because um, I was feeling very anxious and I didn't know who I was anymore. Almost an identity crisis when your life suddenly changes like that. Right. Uh, and so I joined a yoga class and then we continued to move about because in the military life, change obviously is very consistent. Yeah. So we moved to Colorado and then Germany. Um, I learned much more about meditation um, during the class there. And then in 2014, so six years ago now, we moved to Central Florida. And that's where I found Sweetwater Yoga and Fitness and became a yoga teacher, teaching meditation now as well. And so that's where I am. Yeah. Right. right. And, you know, so you've been doing it for quite some time. So that's why I called you an expert. Um, and <laughs> you've traveled quite a bit. What are, do you like traveling or is that just a hobby of yours or was it just for work? Oh, I love traveling. I absolutely love it. Okay. But I think um, my reason for traveling sometimes was sort of run away, if that makes sense. Right, right. Um, I never like to be in the same spot, which ah, is probably okay. why, you know, traveling and then marrying a soldier kind of suited me. Right. Um, so I think sometimes when you travel, it's wonderful. And I'm, I'm going to be a lifelong traveler. We love doing it now. Right. Um, Sometimes when you're looking at the reasons why you travel, I think sometimes for me, it was just a case of running away from my life as it was. Right. So, you know, meditation is such a wonderful practice because it really teaches you to uh, root yourself. You, you ground yourself kind of from the mm -hmm. inside out. And I right. think that's what I needed because everything on the external world was so frantic and new um, and unreliable, if you will. Right. Right. So, you know, yeah. I, I've done a lot of research on uh, meditation just for myself, I guess you could say, not even for the podcast. So, um, uh -huh. you know, I've right. learned that it lowers stress, it improves your focus, reduces anxiety. But, you know, I know when we chatted a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, actually, that you talked about some unusual things that, you know, some of the benefits that no one would guess. Um, would help. Sure. So what are some of those? Because yeah. I'm really interested to for you to go into detail on those. So tell me yeah, some of the well, unusual benefits. Sure. Well, that's a great question. I love that question. Okay. So one of the things, and these are things that I've noticed and also my students have relayed to me, um, you learn to respond to life rather than react. So, um, you know, you might have heard uh, this being said before, but you can either be a slave to your mind or right. you can sort of govern it. And when you respond to life, it comes from a deeper space. Right. Um, very often when our thoughts, we completely identify with our thoughts and what's running through our mind, that pollutes, if you will, our emotions. And then we react from that state, from that emotive state. And that's, you know, when we do things or say things that we later regret and have to mop up, maybe we say something and we're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. So, you know, it teaches you to be more connected to the present moment. And so whatever you practice in your formal meditation fills out into how you react to the world or how you respond right. to the world. Um, and you come from a deeper space. Now, I'm not always saying that every time you have an interaction with someone, you'll go, yeah, that's exactly what I meant to say. You know, because we've had a lifetime of conditioning of just knee-jerking, of, of course, just sort of, yeah. you know, automatically responding um, 
to, to what we're feeling and letting our thoughts and our emotions govern what we do or say. But you'll catch yourself sooner and sooner and sooner and be able to respond from that deeper aspect of self. Right, right. For clarity and wisdom. Right. Um, so that, that's one of the things, and I think that was really empowering for me. Um, and then this is, this is a wonderful one. This is um, simple pleasures tend to become a lot more amplified. So you know when you're a child and you kind of have the impressions that everything is really magical and you're so connected to the now. Um, simple pleasures are just so wonderful in a way that we kind of lose that as we grow up. We become more um, enmeshed in responsibility and productivity and we lose that magic quality. And animals have it too. If you've got dogs or cats at home, you can see how present they are. Right. They're not worrying about what happened yesterday or fretting right. about what might happen in the future. And you kind of invite that quality back again when you start to meditate. So just a simple walk through nature where you might have been so hypnotized or kind of lost with the thoughts in your head, completely identified with the thought, not noticing what's going on around you. And when you start to meditate, you're suddenly um, connecting deeper okay. to your senses. So, for right. instance, you can feel the sand, you hear the breeze rustling to the trees. So there's an aliveness, which is truly magical, because one of the things that I personally think is so tragic is when we just kind of whoosh through life and we don't stop to smell the roses. Right. And meditation gives us back to ourselves gives us back to life right really so that we can be present and anchored now all these things they sound amazing but it's, it's, to be honest with me do does it happen overnight no no it doesn't okay. happen overnight <laughs> um you know and that being because we've had a lifetime of conditioning right right this isn't perhaps the path less trodden because what is encouraged in our society productivity um, even busyness is kind of celebrated. Right. We almost kind of, when you're talking to a friend, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I've been really busy. I've had, you know, X, Y, and Z on. And it's almost like a little competition to see yeah. being busier. So we're kind of dialing down that. This is kind of going against the grain. And okay. um, so it does take a little bit of conditioning for the mind. But the wonderful thing is, if you have a formal meditation practice and you're disciplined in that mm -hmm. but it's like working out right i mean if you want to see results you can't work out one day a week and expect right. to be you know really muscular and, and fit you, right. it's something that you have to repetitively do and same with meditation right. it's, a, it's a discipline that we have to apply to ourselves but it's so worth it right i know you were telling me that it also helps overcome cravings and addictions yes absolutely and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before because it teaches you meditation right. to not necessarily knee-jerk react to when you get an emotion. Right. Um, so a lot of us, when we have a craving, perhaps for a bar of chocolate or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. it might be alcohol or shopping on Amazon or whatever it can be, um, instead of knee-jerk reacting to that feeling, you learn to almost toy with that sensation, that okay. craving. Right. So you sort of sit with it. You're the container for your experience. 
rather than just being hypnotized, oh, there goes the crazy craving, I'm going, I'm going to get the chocolate bar. <laughs> You kind of sit with it and you right. examine it and you feel, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a physical sensation to the craving. Where do I feel that? Right. Just start and ask questions of yourself. Because the thing is with the craving, it will pass. You know, yeah. I mean, 10, 15 minutes. And it's just being able to sit with that state of being. And that's so powerful because you can do it not just with craving, um, but, you know, uh, also with pain if you're experiencing any discomfort or pain because what we tend to do in life when we're experiencing something which we don't like is we tend to resist it and right. push it away energetically right. and that only leads to more internal suffering okay so yeah <laughs> for someone like me who says they can't meditate because listen i have a very crazy mind I, last night, for example, I was up half the night just thinking about things I had to do the next day. So what would you say to someone who says they can't meditate because their mind is too busy? Yes. Well, we, us meditation teachers, we hear this a lot. You know, it's uh, torture. I can't sit with myself. I have so many thoughts. Um, but one thing to know is that, you know, the average human being has between sixty and 80,000 thoughts a day. Right. So that, that is a lot. Um, the mind thinks it secretes thoughts just like the heart pumps, right? It's just right. part of us, who we are, what we do, what our bodies do. Um, so there's a misconception that we're trying to stop the thoughts. And we're not trying to stop the thoughts. That's an impossible possible task. You know, we can't do that. So rather than thinking about trying to find that elusive stillness, and not think mm -hmm. it's more important the way that you respond to yourself whilst you're in meditation when you're thinking right so for instance um you could be in meditation and all the thoughts are whizzing through your mind and what happens sometimes when we think is we tend to latch on to the thoughts if you will and thoughts are contagious they breathe so then you're to this thought and that thought and you're completely boiled and lost in your head so what we're trying to do in meditation is just notice, just be the observer of your thoughts, be the witness of your thoughts. So you're the container for your entire experience. You're aware that you're thinking, but you're right. not necessarily identifying with that thought. Think of it this way. It's like your mind is a, a clear blue sky and the thought is a cloud. And you're just watching that cloud just pass through. You're just observing it. Right, you're not right. latching onto it. Um, so we're trying to um, cultivate a quality, a relationship with ourselves that is friendly and loving. And um, so you could sit in meditation and go, "Oh, there you go again, thinking you're rubbish at meditation. You can't do this." Um, and then, what are you practicing? Well, you're practicing self-criticism and judgment. And whatever you practice grows stronger. So you don't want to do that. If you catch yourself thinking, you know, you can have like a, a warm, affectionate um, relationship with yourself and go, oh, there I go again. And then just gently invite your awareness back to your breath. You don't have to chastise. You don't have to criticize yourself. Um, almost find a curious quality when you get lost in the thought. Because that way you're cultivating a warm and loving and compassionate and forgiving relationship with self. And that will 
spill out into your life off the meditation cushion because you know it's that neuro pathway you're firing up a loving compassionate neuro pathway rather than constantly berating yourself and if i could just add one thing as well on yeah. That, um, yeah of course very often when we meditate as well another thing that people find is oh my gosh i've been living with this bully inside my head for my whole life and i've never really noticed it before right so very often that self-talk is very critical and um always sort of saying, oh, you shouldn't have said that or you shouldn't have done that. It's dissecting uh, social interactions that we might have had or conversations. Right. And sometimes that goes underneath the radar when we don't meditate. We're not aware. Mm-hmm. And then it's no wonder that we suffer from anxiety and low self-esteem because that is obviously whatever happens internally will be played out on the external. So if you've right. got low self-esteem, it could be because you've got a very berating, critical inner voice that you just haven't noticed before because, you know, we don't really habitually sit with ourselves, you know? The only time right. we to be still is when we're asleep, right? You know, of we're course, always yeah. putting into our mind, we're watching TV, we're listening to the radio, especially now um, with technology the way it is, it's so intrusive that we never just sit with ourselves. So this is kind of going in the reverse direction, but that's why meditation is so important now right we need it more than ever right so what um with you being the expert what would be some of your top meditation tips for someone wanting to start meditation so like myself i the way you've explained it i'm ready to start today <laughs> so what would be <laughs> your top tips okay another really good question okay so the first thing i would say is meditate first thing in the morning okay and that's for a couple of reasons. The first reason is if you wait to meditate till the end of the day, your mind has got a lot of momentum, if you will. There's a lot of data that it's collected throughout the day for it to kind of um, marinate on, chew over. Right. Whereas when you meditate first thing in the morning, you've just woken up. You know, that kind of delicious state before, after you wake up, but before you plunge into your day. Yeah. It's the mind is a little bit clearer there. It's a little bit easier to achieve that stillness. And so um, that's what I would say. Meditate first thing in the morning. And the other thing is you get to introduce or cultivate qualities in your meditation that you want to um, establish for your day, send right. the trajectory into your day. So things like intention, self-empowerment, clarity, the ability to respond, all those that you'll practice, those wonderful qualities, those goodies, will then spill out into your day. So that's, that's probably my biggest tip, you know. Um, now, the I, other know, thing is, I wanted yeah, to really on. point out really quick that you do uh, free meditations on YouTube. I do, yes. And that came about because of the coronavirus. Right, right. Um, usually I teach at Sweetwater Yoga and Fitness on right. Monday morning. Um, but of course, the studio was closed down temporarily, so for now. Um, but that was just a way to be able to reach my students right. um, at the time where they obviously had to be at home. Right. So, yes. Um, and then the other thing is have a, a dedicated meditation space. So okay. sometimes if you're waking up thinking, oh, where am I going to meditate? Just have 
a, a chair or a go-to area of your house, maybe with a meditation cushion, or even meditate outside because we live in Florida. It's beautiful. Right. So it's, it's usually not too chilly, even first thing in the morning. Yeah. And when you meditate in nature, because nature is so present and alive and it embodies many of the qualities we're trying to achieve, it just imbues us with that calm, that, that kind of mystical energy. Um, so if you can go outside to meditate, I highly recommend that as well. Um, and then just like we touched on exercise earlier, it's the same with exercise. You want to find something that you enjoy doing. Um, so if you don't like running, you're probably not going to keep it up <laughs> right. to, to run to get fit. So find um, a modality of meditation that you enjoy. And there's, there's so many. Um, body scans, guided meditations, walking meditations, active meditations, mindfulness meditations. So just find something that speaks to you. Right. Um, one thing I would advise, if, you know, for instance, yourself, you're wanting to start out, I like to do a 20-minute morning meditation seated. Okay. And then in the evening, when you're going to bed, you can do a sleep meditation. They do wonderful sleep meditations. I've got some on my channel. There's also some for free on YouTube. Um, so that way you can kind of drift into sleep and kind of clear the debris from the day right. in your mind. So now for a sleep meditation like that, would we be listening to it while we lay in bed or should we be doing, um, you know, yeah. sitting up or how would we do that? So, yeah, I would, the evening one, I would do lying down because somewhere that it doesn't matter if you fall asleep. Right. So, yeah, I usually do a, a guided or a sleep meditation at nighttime. And just to add on to that, there's a Calm app and Headspace. You can download apps meditation apps onto your phone as well right. which are really really brilliant especially to start off because it's very it can be a bit confrontational to just sit with yourself right. in mindfulness right. meditation so sometimes it's nice for the mind to have something to do if you will so guided meditations are a good introduction to, to meditation because someone's talking to you and directing you and it can just be a little bit more accessible right um you know, I and you can lie down as well. I usually try and encourage students to sit up at least for the morning meditation. Yeah. Because um, sometimes we fall asleep, right? If we're lying on our on our backs, our mind automatically thinks, "Oh, okay, sleep." So when you tend to have a a nice long spine, uh, a dignified spine, then it really helps the mind to stay awake as well. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I've been chatting with Yvette. Yvette is a certified core and integrated alignment yoga instructor, a meditation teacher, a yoga teacher mentor, and blogger at brightsideoflife.org. Uh, and Yvette, how can they get in touch with you? Well, I would love to see you in person. I teach a meditation class on Monday mornings from 10.30 to 11.30 at Sweetwater Yoga and Fitness in Longwood. And that is in Florida uh, for all of our Florida listeners. If you're not in Florida, sorry right. about that. Yeah, that's in Florida. And then um, I also teach um, a yoga class on Sunday morning at 8.30, same location. Um, I, they can get hold of me via my email, 
which is Yvette E. Durham at yahoo.com. As you mentioned, my blog, brightsideoflife.org. And also Facebook under Yvette's Meditation or um, Instagram as well, Yvette Durham. Right. And then also the YouTube channel is Yvette Durham. Correct. That's it. Yvette Durham. Yes. Yes. For my YouTube channel. Yes. So, and I, of right. course, I'll attach all this into the um, post I write this week. Uh, but again, Yvette, thank you so much. You have so much knowledge, um, and I, I'm really excited to get into one of your classes. You guys are opening up this week. We are. I would love to see you, Travis. I really would. Yes, this Monday, this coming Monday, the first, our first session back after coronavirus. So, I feel yes, like. Love to see I feel like June is going to be a great month. <laughs> I just, oh, thank you. I'm feeling it. Um, I think maybe because it's my birthday month, I'm just saying that, but I just feel yeah, like June yeah. things are going to start looking up. Um, cause lately things I'm have been sure pretty crazy. Will. Yeah. And you put your birthday coming up, I'm sure. Yeah. So um, we're yeah. hoping, our, we're hoping so things work out for everything. Yeah. So again, thank Absolutely. you, Yvette, so much. You're so welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank yes. you for inviting me. Of course. And guys, of course, as always, you know, next week we're going to be back with another episode. Um, I don't know who we're having on next week. Next week is going to be a little bit of a surprise. Um, we're trying to figure out who we're going to have on. But of course, I'm going to get you somebody in here to talk about something, give you some knowledge. Since we've been at home, we've been learning so much. We've learned about yoga. We've learned about meditation. We've talked with uh, Alyssa Ragu. Um, we've talked about building a business from scratch. Um, so I'm so excited for what is, has been happening here on the podcast. I'm so glad you guys are on the journey with me. Um, of course, go check us out, Keeping It Positive Podcast. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and then the website, keepingitpositivepodcast.com. There's new content every week. Um, I'm posting on social media every couple of days, trying to at least. I promise I'm trying. Um, and of course, you know, what I always want to say to end the show is don't forget to keep it positive. This has been another episode of Keeping It Positive, and we want to thank you for joining us on this journey and going along with us every week as we bring you new topics, new content each week. Tune in next Saturday for another great episode.